Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 419th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. So we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. Well, my highlight of the week is Tom Brady yesterday leading another comeback versus the Atlanta Falcons. This time coming from down 17 points to put the Tampa Bay Bucks in prime position to get in the playoffs. For the first time in like 13 years, and it's the longest streak uh, currently of any team in the NFL uh, to not make it to the playoffs. But it look, looking more and more positive, like that's about to change with the arrival of Tom Brady. And, of course, we all remember uh, Brady's last game of note with, against the Falcons, which was the famous Super Bowl a few years ago, 28-3. to Patriots were down. And uh, that score is so significant. It's uh, been a best-selling T-shirt up in New England ever since. All it says is 28 to 3. That is the T-shirt. And uh, Brady did it again yesterday, uh, throwing the winning touchdown to Antonio Brown. uh, First touchdown catch of the year for A.B., and so maybe it's a signal that he is becoming more enmeshed in the offense to go along with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, uh, Cameron Brait, and of course Gronk, who uh, was active again yesterday. So uh, the Bucks uh, are showing they look like they might have what it takes. It looks like they've been up and down, so it's tough to put too much into one half of what they did yesterday. They've clearly been slow starters uh, throughout most of the year. Uh, hence, uh, the Falcons at one point were up 24 to seven and, uh, but they got it together. Brady shows he can still bring it when he needs to. And uh, so the bucks are looking good for the playoffs. On the other side of the ledger, we have the Patriots, Brady's old team, for 20 years, I might add, uh, which is my low light of the week, which was the Pats playoff streak coming to an end, and appropriately, uh, Miami, where they have never played well, even under Brady, for all these years, and uh, 
they lost, officially knocking them out of the playoffs for this year. And uh, first time since 2008, 12 years, hard to believe. And I believe it was also guaranteed the first time they have not had a winning season going back like 20 years. So it's uh, been a rough year up in New England, not what they're used to. A lot of people around the country are happy, especially up in Buffalo, where the Bills uh, really look good on Saturday in uh, winning the AFC East. Uh, Yet another uh, stranglehold that the uh, Patriots had had for years. And it feels like all the sudden, all of the records established over the 20 years, many of them NFL all-time bests, uh, are just rapidly falling like dominoes, just coming to an end. So, uh, so it's kind of a new world, to say the least. My bizarre story of the week are the Dirk Jets' shocking upset of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, it's first win of the season for the Jets, just a few weeks after they had one basically in the bag against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, who drew a touchdown <laughs> to end the game there and uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory for the Jets. But they won yesterday, and uh, but even when they finally win, they lost because they are now behind the Jaguars for the number one pick, which, of course, is likely to be Trevor Lawrence, the all-world quarterback from uh, Clemson, and uh, perhaps the next Tom Brady, uh, given his uh, spectacular college career. And uh, so, yeah, uh, New York Jets fans probably are not really happy. Nobody likes to go winless, but winless guaranteed them. Uh, number one pick and a shot at Trevor Lawrence. So, and plus it was, you know, give them credit. It wasn't like the Rams or some Midland team that are just sort of, uh, you know, playing out the string and, you know, not going to make the playoffs, that type of thing. Not a whole lot to play for. Uh, the Rams are very much in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, after their demolition of the Patriots on Thursday night, uh, a week or two ago, they were basically, uh, in a lot of people's minds, the NFC Super Bowl favorite to get there. And, uh, yesterday in SoFi Stadium, I might add, out in LA, uh, they laid a big time egg and the Jets took advantage and, uh, and beat the Rams and really, if not the shocker of the day, which it certainly was, it might have been even the shocker of the season. Uh, no one saw that one coming. That's for darn sure. So now we'll see what happens with the Jets, the number one pick. Now uh, now in the hands of the Jaguars. And as always, uh, good NFL Sunday. Uh, some great games, uh, notably the Chiefs and the Saints. And the Chiefs remind me a lot of Alabama where they may give up points, but they just keep coming back on offense and scoring touchdowns. And basically, both teams are impossible to stop. Uh, so when they get down, uh, again, they just come right back and score, typically retake leads, uh, whether it was Alabama Saturday night against uh, against the Gators in the SEC championship game. They, they didn't have to retake the lead. They just kept 
holding the lead, uh, despite the Begators kept coming back and scoring. Keep it close, same yesterday. And what the Chiefs do and what they've been doing all year, they were a better, better part of like two years now. Uh, but that was a great game. Good to see Drew Brees back on the field. Um, and probably wasn't 100%. He pretty much said as much in his post game. But, uh, but the Chiefs, tough team to beat. That's for sure. That offense is just basically unstoppable. Uh, other games of note yesterday, Cardinals-Eagles played a good one. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good, but Kyler Murray looked better. And the Cardinals are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, the Seahawks uh, finally put an end to uh, the role that the Washington football team was on and uh, took care of them down in D.C. And uh, <clears throat> so the Seahawks are kind of rounding back into form. They picked up a couple, uh, picked up Carlos Dunlap. To shore up the defense, Jamal Adams returned. He had a great post-game press conference uh, coming from the Jets. He finally is going to get a taste of the postseason. And uh, so the Seahawks look like they've kind of uh, perhaps are on their way back to the way they started the season, which was just gangbusters, to say the least. And uh, we also had the, the Bears beating the Vikings and pretty much ending their playoff hopes. And the Bears have uh, bounced back nicely, give them credit, after a midseason swoon. And Mitchell Trubisky has finally, uh, acting like the field general he was drafted to be. And uh, <clears throat> that was actually bordered on being a shootout by uh, NFC North standards. And, uh, and again, all credit to the Bears for just hanging in there. They're still alive. And again, while the Vikings are pretty much dead, it would appear. And uh, so, yeah, just again, another great Sunday of NFL football. And uh, we're getting into the good stuff now. Just a couple weeks left here in the regular season. Uh, playoffs are really starting to take shape. Uh, big one tonight with the... Steelers at the Bengals in Monday Night Football. Steelers, of course, won their first 11. Now have lost their last two. Everybody's waiting and wondering, can the Steelers return to the form they had for the first couple months of the season when they were undefeated? So a lot of interest in that game. It is down in Cincinnati. It will be a challenge. Uh, blood rivals there. And uh, again, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see if they can get it back to form. They have looked not good in their last two losses, uh, most notably receivers dropping passes with regularity. And they've had some injuries on the defense, which has hurt them. And uh, now we have to wait and see if they can uh, get back to what they were. And also big, big day, big weekend in college football. The CFP Final Four were announced, as well as all the bowl matchups. And we are going to get into that, as always, with our college football expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we will get into all that with A.P. after this break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in as always. And this is the weekend it feels like we wait all year for, certainly all season in college football, which is the announcement yesterday of the... Final four, CFP, college football playoff, national semifinalists. And uh, I'm sure you're pleased. Alabama is the clear number one seed, undefeated. And, uh, yeah, so they're going to be hosting, not hosting, but playing Ohio State. Uh, And I'm sure you're thrilled. Setting up nicely. Yeah, John. Yes, John, they've had a a marvelous season. They won 11 SEC games. Uh, I think a team has never won 10, so to win 11 goes above and beyond their own record they set this season. So Alabama, they were fortunate with uh, tremendous play by that trio of Matt Jones at quarterback, Najee Harris at running back, and Devontae Smith at the wide receiver position. 
uh, they've been setting all types of school records, John. That's phenomenal. While you're playing together, I mean, that's that's what makes it even more impressive, and it's an A plus rating from all three of them. Absolutely. I mean, they're kind of like the college version of Troy, Emmett, and Michael back in the day with the Dallas Cowboys in the 1990s. Uh, just you know, quarterback, receiver, running back all playing at an extraordinary level, having fabulous years. And they just look unstoppable in the first segment. I kind of compared them to the Kansas City Chiefs and that, you know, Florida, to their credit, kept coming back. They would not die in that game, SEC Championship game Saturday night. And they always kept it, you know, they always just uh, kept within potential striking range. Uh... And Alabama, every time Florida scored, which was often, Alabama answered, just like the Chiefs. And they just kept, you know, uh, it didn't matter if they were giving up points because they just kept scoring them on offense and holding that lead pretty comfortably. Uh, but, you know, anywhere from – but it was always looming as, as a one-score lead, it seemed. But that was great theater. That was a really fun game to watch. Yeah, it was, John. My concern going into that game against Florida, I, I thought Alabama would win because nobody has been able to stop them offensively. But the teams that Alabama had played the last, let's say, four, five, six weeks were not strong offensively. I thought the defense was improving, especially on the defensive line, applying more pressure to the quarterback. The defensive backs were carrying out their assignment, tackling better by every, everyone. But as, as we saw, Florida, unbelievable matchups with Pitts, six foot six. And Grimes about six three or four, and then Tony, uh, he's a local product here from Mobile area. They couldn't guard him, John. They just couldn't stay with him. And no matter what they did, I know Nick Saban was animated on the sideline with his defensive coordinator Pete Golding, but yes. I don't know what else they could have done. Uh, they just could not stop the combination of Trash, who's a very good quarterback, as we saw, uh, getting the ball thrown to his receivers. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Florida receivers showed again why how good they are and why Cal Trask was, you know, and still is, you, you know, uh, on the short list of Heisman contenders. And, uh, yeah, they again, they just kept coming back. And certainly what you said is so true. I, Nick Saban was very animated. But that Florida receiving core is basically unstoppable, including Pitts. I mean, he is, uh, he is a specimen. Uh, he kind of looks, if it wasn't yeah. the year of Trevor Lawrence, I could see him going, you know, a potential number one pick. He is that kind of a player, uh, which would be highly unusual, obviously, for a tight end. Yes, it, it, with these offenses now uh, uh, that they're throwing to right now, John, uh, years ago, no, you're probably going to not draft a tight end that high, but I mean, it's happened in the past, of course. But with the way they're throwing to the tight ends and getting that mismatch uh, on the college level, pro level, high school level, yeah, Pitts is quite a ball player, and he's from Philadelphia, PA, and I guess he has opted out for the bowl game, as I understand. News there, but not a surprise. You know, uh, the reason I'm putting so much emphasis on him and potentially a high draft pick uh is, you know, I, as a Patriot season ticket member, you know, I've watched what Gronk can mean to, yeah. a, to a team over the years, like literally a game changer. And uh, and Pitts looks like he could be kind of that next guy, like a Gronk, which, again, with the right quarterback, can 
can be basically unstoppable. And he showed a little of that on Saturday night, as he has done for the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, great player. And uh, Alabama, again, you know, just those three great players. Mac Jones, I think, now has to be considered the favorite for the Heisman. He has, you know, been a good field general and leading them undefeated year. Big numbers, huge numbers, and uh, yeah, I, I think he, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, he would be the first Alabama quarterback ever to win the Heisman, correct? Yes, he would. He would, and that's uh, saying something at a school with Barstar, Joe Namath, Kenny Stabler, um, through the years, uh, Richard Todd, he had uh, A.J. McCarron, a couple of national championships, Tua Tungavailoa. And Matt Jones might be the person that wins the Heisman Trophy. And oh, by the way, the voting is is um, upon us here. Today is the deadline, right? Correct. Correct. Today wow. is the deadline this afternoon. Well, I think it's good that they, you know, got the deadline is after the SEC champion. Well, all championship Saturday across the board and Friday championship weekend and. Uh, so I think we'll just get a truer reading because these are the games that matter, uh, really matter. And so I'm glad the deadline wasn't until after these games were played. And AP, I'd say all in all, you know, the, the CFP Final Four is pretty much what everybody expected. Uh, I guess I would have to ask, you know, having watched that Clemson basically run over and dominate Notre Dame on Saturday that, you, you know, and it feels like, you know, the committee avoided those two playing each other again um, because, again, Clemson just put it to them after having lost to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Of course, a few months ago, we all remember that. Uh, but I don't know. It's I know they've had a good year, uh, but it's it, it just felt kind of tough to watch that team that get blown out Saturday and then literally a number of hours later they get put in the CFP obviously Jimbo Fisher and others were not too happy yes uh, they did not execute they started off fairly well running the football making some plays with the tight end and receivers and I think the downfall John was when they got inside the 20 yard line the red zone and they came away with field goals and missed missed one should have been probably ten to nothing at, at some point for Notre Dame, fourteen, whatever it may. You know, you want to uh, project, but when you have a field goal, you're playing a prolific offense like Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back at the helm. That's too that, that you're going to fall short, and th- then the, everything went downward after that. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, again, it just feels you know a little odd. With all due respect to the fine season they've had. Uh, but you, you know, to come off that loss on Saturday and then get voted in as number four, not a surprise. I think everybody expected it, but you know, Texas A&M, I mean, you know, they, they made a strong case for, you know, Jimbo did after the game with basically what a seven game winning streak in the sec, which is not no easy, you know, certainly an accomplishment. Yes, and you know they were they were rolling in at the right time, shall we say? Right, their best victory was a home at home against Florida, forty-one to thirty-eight. Yep, uh, 
but I, I didn't think their case was that strong when he presented the fact that they played Alabama with Waddle and you, and you lost by four touchdowns. I don't think that bodes well when you're trying to present your, your best foot forward uh, when you mentioned that game because a lot of teams got beat by Alabama by four touchdowns, and you, that means you're among them. So uh, that didn't ring very true with me. Yeah, and that's a very good point, AP. You know, um, uh, what happened to Notre Dame on Saturday versus, against Clemson happened to Texas A&M, you know, against Alabama. It's just that it happened longer right. ago. Um, right. And, but, you know, John, I, I just wanted to interrupt you for a moment and to say that when Notre Dame, and we spoke about this, I believe I'd seen them the prior week or two before they played Clemson in South Bend, I felt strongly that they would win that game, whether Trevor Lawrence played or not, because Notre Dame was a team that was getting better. The quarterback play had improved. That freshman tight end, Mayer, was very good. The offensive line was strong. They had athletic people on the edge to get to the quarterback. And uh, Kyle Hamilton's an outstanding safety, the playmaker from that position. I just felt that they had a solid kicking game that that night in South Bend, even though there's not the amount of fans, the 80,000 like there is normally, that Notre Dame was a team ready to beat Clemson. And I still feel that that, uh, that night was different than when they played in Charlotte. They were, they were flat after they, the, 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 um, the red zone went, went badly for them and they missed the, the field goal. So I, I, don't, I still feel Notre Dame is one of the four best teams. I really do. Yeah, and I would not argue with that. They've had a great year. Um, no question about it. And, uh, yeah, and I felt the same way you did. Like, they were playing at home that night uh, against Clemson. Lawrence was out. And, the, again, the stars were aligned for them to have a big performance. And they did, to their credit. And then, you know, controversy with Ohio State in that they only played six games, uh, four or five oh. less than many other teams, including Alabama. Uh uh, and Texas A&M, who both played 11, I believe. and uh, But they're in, and, you know, there's no arguing with the talent. Uh, you know, they are among no. the four most talented teams, no. period. Uh, no, no. The, no, J- Justin Fields has not performed as well as he did last season. I'm not sure the reason. Um, you know, defensively, I know there's some issues with the, the uh, uh, secondary which everybody can say that, John, because like I tell some people, um, have you heard of a good defense? Never mind seen a good defense. Have you, start, have you uh, seen a good defense this, this team this year? Defense has taken the year off, I'd say. You know, every game feels yeah. like a Big 12 game now. It really does. And yeah. none more than the SEC, than the Florida-Alabama game on Saturday night. That was a classic example. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I call it the Big 12 East now. And um, Clemson, you know, they had some of their defensive players return. uh, That that was a strong point for them, of course. But, you know, they scored 34 points. And I know it was was a double overtime, maybe the first game, they scored 40. So it wasn't so much that Clemson uh, dominated Notre Dame by scoring 34 points. It was the fact that the defense played well. Like I said, uh, Notre Dame had a good start, and if they just got into the end zone, then you have a ball game. But it didn't work out that way, and they never could seem to rise from, from that situation. 
Exactly. Exactly. Good description. Way P, hard to believe we've come to the end of our first segment together. Why don't we take a break and we still have a lot to sort out with college football playoff, bowl games and beyond. And we'll do that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're some American listeners. Back to the segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., now that uh, the Final Four are indeed announced, uh, we should talk about the matchups. Uh, Alabama, talent, they had their hands full for three quarters and beyond with Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, as they have done throughout the year, they pretty much pulled away in the fourth quarter. And, uh, and yeah, Justin Fields in Ohio State versus Alabama, that game has, that has potential to be a real classic. Yeah, if, um, if Alabama 
you know, wins this game against Notre Dame and Ohio State upsets Clemson, it'd be interesting to see Justin Fields as the starting quarterback originally played at University of Georgia, and he played against Alabama in, in the SEC championship a few years ago. That would be um, worthwhile to watch them because Ohio State likes to run the football. They had that record-setting day for the running back, and then they have some good receivers, and Justin Fields is a dual-threat quarterback. So that would be quite a test for Alabama. It would be. It would be. And I think I had it mixed up a little bit there. It's Alabama-Notre Dame and Clemson-Ohio State. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, We still may get that matchup. But uh, Notre Dame, they have a lot to prove against Alabama, uh, given the the blowout national championship game down in Miami a few years back. Uh, Nobody has forgotten that one. Certainly not Brian Kelly. (laughs) And uh, so Notre Dame is going to come into this game with a lot to prove coupled with, you know, a little bit of the controversy that we discussed in the previous day. Notre Dame getting in on the heels of play. But yeah, Alabama, Notre Dame, again, um, do you think the Irish can stick with Alabama? That's the question, the Irish defense. Right, the Irish defense. And what you have to do is, John, you have to get that offensive line working against Alabama's defensive line because they have good running backs, solid running backs. It will run to daylight. And use that tight end. Alabama has trouble against those tight ends. Mayer's an outstanding one in number 24. His name uh, escapes me at the moment, but he's a very good tight end as well for Notre Dame. They have two very good ones that can give you trouble in that middle and help protect that quarterback by being an outlet with the rush. But, you know, Alabama, they've had a year where they had eight sacks against Arkansas, but sometimes the defensive line cannot put the pressure on the quarterback. So that – it's something if Notre Dame can figure out how to block the defensive line for Alabama, maybe get some people open and, and let Ian Book get out on the edge or, or scramble for some critical third down yardage. or you know That's the way they're going to beat Alabama, keeping that high-powered offense on the sideline to helping your defense. But Notre Dame is capable. We saw it against Clemson. There was not a, yep. a defense that had all their starters, but you see Notre Dame against an athletic team. And I had a chance to speak to the uh, head coach, Brian Kelly, yesterday and I asked him how his team has evolved since that moment. And they're more physical on both the offensive and defensive lines. And I know just watching them in person against Georgia Tech, they have more athleticism on the edge to get to the passer and protect their secondary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh yeah, again, they have a lot of incentive. They really do. Uh, Notre Dame, and they have you know, a more talented team. I mean, Brian Kelly is already addressing the questions, hearkening back to, again, you lost Alabama a few years back in the national championship game. I know you were at that actual game. I remember seeing you on TV in the post game on the field. And uh, my, how times have changed, right? They, they sure have, yeah. And I think that really shaped Brian Kelly as a coach because the smart coaches yep. can adapt. They can improve. Exactly. They can say, okay, we, we, we have a, an area that we're shorthanded. We have to change our philosophy and our critical thinking about that position or positions, and we're going to move on and be a better program, a better football team to compete for the ultimate, which is the national championship. And Notre Dame knows a few things a few things about being a national championship, although that hasn't happened since 1988, John. And did you ever think it'd be that long where they'd have a drought winning the title? Never, never. Lou Holtz was the coach then, if I remember correctly. 
And their quarterback was, I believe, Tom Clements out of uh, um, Pittsburgh. Tony Rice. Tony, t- Tony Rice. Tony Rice. Okay. Tony Rice. That's right. right. Um, yeah. yeah Tom, hard to believe Tom this Clements been since 1988. Was the 73 team. Yeah. Tom Clements. Yeah, Tom okay. Tom Clements was the 73 quarterback. Uh, uh, and he had that famous pass to a tight end from Dallas, Texas, who had about three receptions ever in his career, Robin Weber. On a on a third down play, it was I think a third down right near the end zone. Tom Clements actually threw the ball from the end zone, and uh, that sealed the victory for uh, Notre Dame to defeat Alabama in the first primetime Sugar Bowl on G- uh, December thirty first of nineteen seventy three. Twenty four twenty three in the thriller. Wow. Well, thank you for that because Tom Clements. Uh, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, and he was a legendary figure out there, especially for basketball. He played for Bishop Canavan High School. I think he averaged like 30 uh, you know, as a basketball player. And then uh, they won the Cowboys, went on to Notre Dame to be the quarterback. So he's obviously great in football at Bishop Canavan too. And uh, But yes, thank you for clarifying that. You, obviously, you remember him well. And the other matchup we have, of course, is Ohio State versus Clemson in the other semifinal, correct? Correct. Yeah, that'll be played in New Orleans, my favorite country I I always like to call, New Orleans. And that'll be the nighttime yep. <laughs> game right after the, the Rose Bowl that's played in Arlington, Texas, John. That's kind of a strange thing to say, but we're in 2020. So everything that was strange in one year is normal in 2020. Correct. So is it going to retain the name of the Rose Bowl? That game. That that's quite a question, Apparently John. And so. I the haven't other heard thing I like to bring. Yeah, I haven't heard differently. Another thing I like to bring up, and here's a fact that I thought I'd never have to use: that only one other time was the Rose Bowl not played in Pasadena, and that was during World War II, the 1941 season. The government uh, advised people were not going to have big gatherings on the West Coast. I think that was like December 14th and December 15th they came up with the idea Duke University was undefeated with Wallace Wade, the former Alabama coach, was right. the coach of the uh, the Duke Blue Devils and they invited Oregon State to Durham, North Carolina to play the Rose Bowl on January 1st, 1942. That's right. I did not see the details, but I was aware that the game was played at Duke, but you just filled in the details and yeah, I mean, how often have we heard this year, you, you know, things are being done for the first time since World War II. That gives you a sense of the uh, <laughs> effect that the pandemic has had on America. That Again, yes. things are happening now that have not happened again in 75 years or more. So No, no, yeah. And, and Oregon State was the winner. They beat Duke, I think it was 20 to 16. I think that was the score. Okay. Wow. That's good stuff, AP. I'll tell you what else is good stuff was last year's. Uh, Clemson-Ohio State game. I'll always remember that game for Trevor Lawrence's fabulous scramble uh, and subsequent long run for a touchdown. Like, I never knew until that moment what a good runner he is, but that was the run of a lifetime for him. Yes, I think it was 70-plus yards, John, I believe. Correct, yeah. A scramble doesn't do that run justice. (laughs) That was... uh, No, no. That was a sprint to the end zone, and... And uh, any team that plays Clemson will find out soon, like Notre Dame did on Saturday, that he those six foot six long legs, they they're uh, making a lot of ground with each stride. Correct, and he had a nice run in the game on Saturday as well. 
for a touchdown, I believe. And uh, yes. So yeah, he, he still has it with his legs, no doubt about that. Yes, he's tall and straight, upstanding in the pocket with poise and good vision. Uh, but he can be beaten as LSU, as we saw last year from LSU. Correct. He, indeed, he can. Is, uh, I think that might be his only college loss. Is that correct? John, I think that's that's pretty good. I, I think it I might be think right. I can't think of one. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure as, as a starter, yeah, as a starter, I don't think he's lost except that one game. Right, right. Well, last year's game was fabulous, Clemson, Ohio State. I expect more of the same this year. I mean, it's often, you know, it's so important with the quarterbacks and Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. That's a, that's a matchup we can all get behind, that's for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Justin Fields, another uh, duel between those two quarterbacks because essentially, John, I think – Clemson has a better defense, I would say, but it's going to come down to those two quarterbacks. If they're able to disseminate the information quickly and they, they're familiar with each other, so I don't think there's anything new. It's really who can execute better like it always is when two teams get together because at this point you're going to be yourself. But Correct. there's that familiarity exactly. with the two teams, so that that's, puts it to some intrigue. You know, Can we come up with a, just a few little tweaks to our offense or defense to, to beat the other team. Right, right. Well, New Year's Day. It's going to be fun, AP. That's for sure. Can't wait, as they say. And New Year's Day is the perfect day to hold them as well. There was some New Year's Eve games oh, yeah. played, and they didn't go over too right. big on the scheduling front, but now it's New Year's Day, and that's, I think, what everybody wants. Yes, and it's on a Friday, so I think people, you know, that day in particular – There'll be a lot of, uh, you know, there'll be a big audience for both ball games. No question, no question. All national brands, to put it mildly. And AP, we're at the end of our second segment together. Still a few more things to get to, and we'll do that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Steelers-Bengals Monday Night Football game. I referenced this at the first segment of the show that I think everybody's waiting to see if the Steelers can get back on track. They won their first 11, dropped their last two, and didn't look good doing it. And now they're at Cincinnati tonight, so it should be an interesting game. And AP, just speaking of the NFL, I was thinking of you yesterday as I watched Tua quarterback the Dolphins to uh, win over the Patriots over in Miami and Hard Rock Stadium and uh, putting an end to the the Patriots playoff streak 12 years in a row since 2008 and there was two at the helm, and I think they're six and two since they announced he was going to be the starter. Yeah, I don't think they're scoring a lot of points, John, per se, but he's he's not giving the ball away to the other team, and he's putting enough points on the board to claim a victory. And you know, the Cam Newton experiment uh, didn't pan out for Bill Belichick and company, but no. I think that they were really under uh, undermined the fact that so many players opted out for this season as well. Yeah, led by Dante Hightower, someone you know well from his Alabama days. And yeah, I mean, that was the first sign as I look back on it now that, you know, trouble was brewing. Well, the first sign was Tom Brady signing with Tampa Bay, obviously. (laughs) But then that was the next big sign, shall we say. And and yeah, you know, Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon, it just, they had the most opt-outs in the NFL and yeah, at some point after 20 years, I mean, this stuff never caught up with them. Injuries, what have you, over the years, people leaving the t- team, being replaced. Uh, but boy, I and a lot of people in New England just felt like those opt-outs were people who couldn't be replaced, namely Dante Hightower. He, he was the quarterback of the defense, for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, there's no question. I think with eight or nine players, John, I don't know what the final total was that adopted that's, out. That's but, exactly right. Yeah, the Patriots, the, the Patriots had quite a bit of trouble scoring points, and 
It yeah. makes it difficult, difficult on your defense and your decision making as a head coach, and they just never were in a flow offensively. So I don't know what will happen next year. Who knows? Uh, you know, proceeding forward, if the players right. will Nobody come knows. back to the league, I, I, I think I think they will. But you're going to have to do much better offensively to be more of more of a balanced team. Yeah, AP, I, I would say right now, standing here today, that the biggest un, that's the biggest question mark heading into the NFL next season is what will happen with the Patriots um, because there are so many unanswered questions. And, uh, you know, looping back to college football, you know, they did announce all the other bowl matchups yesterday. And the one that intrigues me, based on what I saw Saturday night and the year that they had was is Florida versus Oklahoma. Let's not forget Oklahoma beat Iowa State to win the Big 12 on Saturday. Uh, and Oklahoma's Oklahoma. And that quarterback, Spencer Rattler, is playing well. I, I think that has potential to be a terrific game out in uh, the Cotton Bowl, I believe. Yeah, it does. I think the motivation in these games, John, is critical. And when you're trying to figure out who will win the ball game and Spencer Rattler Company being from Oklahoma, right next door to the Cotton Bowl, Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River separates those states. Yep. Uh, well, Kyle Trask, you know, he's potentially, uh, you know, trying to keep his NFL hopes alive. And, uh, you know, he wants to be in good standing with the scouts. So he wants to perform well. And Spencer, Spencer Rattler, everybody keeps mentioning the fact that Oklahoma is playing uh, extremely well at this time of the year. Um, I always say to myself, I've been watching this for 50 years, Sean, you play much uh, much more fluid and, and loose when you've already had two losses because Correct. you're not playing for all the marbles. And uh, that makes a difference, uh, believe me, through the years. I mean, Florida State, how many championships would they would have had if they could have just defeated Miami? With a field goal or extra touchdown, but then at the end of the year they were they were wide open and the defense was playing, uh, you know, with extreme pressure on the quarterbacks and the offense was putting up a, a lot of points. But the, the pre- there was no pressure on them. Correct. That makes a difference. Exactly. That makes a big difference. People people always and you and it never fails. To, you always at this time of year, you hear people. Well, so and so is playing tremendous at this time of the year. Oh, really? Well, what do you want it to do? Just discard those couple of losses they had, and everybody else is supposed to uh, you, win those games. But you don't have to win those games. And at the end of the year, you're going to tell me they deserve to be in a title game? I don't think so. That's not my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about the pressure. It just is. I mean, it's just you know the pressure that builds. Throughout the season, and you know, again, we saw evidence of that on Saturday. Whether it was with Iowa State, who had such a good year uh, for them, breakthrough year in many ways, and uh, yet Oklahoma was just able to show up and play, and uh, yeah, and you know, Alabama, as you well know, they had tremendous pressure on them to beat Florida. No question, you, you know. Florida's a good team, and you knew they were coming in off that shocking loss to LSU the week before where they basically lost their chance at the national championship. So I was not surprised that game turned into the game it turned into, which was a spectacular, fun game to watch, Florida-Alabama. Oh, yeah. To, to Florida's credit, they, they showed up, and, and they were a worthy opponent and could have won the game in the last few seconds. 
So they I really could have. Sure if the Gators, the, the Gators would would be a a, a competent opponent. Uh, maybe they folded it up and looking down the road, but they didn't. They they gave Alabama everything they could, uh, you know, everything you could want to try to win that game. And exactly right. Well said. I mean, it crossed more than a few people's mind after the, again, loss to LSU, which shocked everybody that, uh, you know, they just might, like you said, just not show up. But once again, you know, uh, that's what we love about college football. Number one, you never know. Number two, more often than not, you see performances like Florida uh, put forth on Saturday night. But Alabama, of course, is now the number one team, number one seed, and it's going to be a great matchup uh, with Notre Dame and uh, college football playoff now set for New Year's Day. It's going to be great, the two national semifinal games. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be really uh, fun to watch those four teams play, and when you get in the big ball game, a turnover here or turnover there is, could be the difference, an interception, run back, a fumble of a kickoff, a punt. Uh, tip, a tip pass, uh, you know, uh, anything can happen. So it's, that's why right. I, I think those are the four best teams and, and uh, look forward to those those games. It's going to be fun, AP. And what else was fun was doing the show with you today, uh, one of the, our favorite shows of the year, every year when uh, the teams are announced. So thank you again for calling in and uh, and appreciate your expertise as always. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. And thank you. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.